can feel it down in my plums. When I hear a sound, I rap at the door, my young son Gabriel walks in. My wife says, no, Gabriel, leave. I said, no, let the boy watch. Let the boy watch. He needs to learn the way I learned from my father. The way he learned from his father. <laughs> let the boy watch. We're going to let the boys watch an entertainment podcast for you by going Gray Productions. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Robbie. And on this week's episode, there was no poll. It was Bobby's birthday week. Just your poll, baby. So, bye. <laughs> just my just my four inch pole <laughs> <laughs> and it was Bobby's pick so Bobby picked the 2010 drama The Social Network written by Aaron Sorkin directed by David Fincher starring Jesse Eisenberg Andrew Garfield Justin Timberlake Army Hammer Max Mangella and Rooney Mara Alongside me, it's a good friend, good cuz, the cuz, cousin Benny. How are we feeling? Feeling good. I wish I was a little closer so I could give you a little poke. <laughs> it's going to be my joke, you fuck. Uh, two seconds in. There we go. Two seconds <laughs> in. Do you, guys, do you want to redo the beginning? No. I mean, might as well. Absolutely not. not. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> And alongside us, good friend of ours and one of our co-hosts, Ryan. Ryan, how we doing? Be better if I could watch my mouth. I'm going to try and cut that out so we we don't get hit with the algorithm. But I'm okay. How are you, Robbie? Doing great. Doing good. I'm glad, you, better. I'm glad you picked this one. This is a good Bobby's pick. Very excited. Well, Bobby does it right. That's right. Bobby like gonna do you right. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> yeah. No. Dirty Bobby Light, Robin Dirty Big. Dirty girl. Uh, no. That's oh. that's stupid. What's his name? The skater and uh Robin Big. Rob Deerdick. Yeah. Yes. Robin Big. Like I just said. You said it two like seconds. Four, four times. <laughs> Another year older. Still not getting credit. No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> um well, like Robbie said, this is Let the Boys Watch. Uh, we watch movies typically that one or all of us haven't seen. Uh, I believe Bobby's pick this week for his big boy birthday week was Social Network. I think we've all seen it before, correct? Yeah. Benny, you've seen it? Okay. So sometimes we do stuff like this where, where we've all seen it because we just really want to talk about this movie. Um, but normally we'll put up a poll every Friday on our Instagram. Be sure to follow us there. Um, every that's in the show notes. Send us an email, also in the show notes. Um, and I don't know, follow us on whatever you're listening to this on, whether it's YouTube, podcast, FM, AM radio. I don't know, whatever. Um, just make sure you subscribe, send us some comments, whatever. Uh, rate us, review us, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, I believe we have another birthday pick coming up next week, don't we? That would be correct. So Ooh. I'm going to make a pick and I'm sweating. I am sweating. <laughs> really? What movie that I want to pick? I'm pretty sure I have the front runner. Um, maybe by the end of this episode, I'll I'll uh, 
revealed. Yes. Yeah. So I don't want to get too much into spoiler territory, but you did say you had from the very beginning of this podcast a movie that was a 10. I'm not I don't want to I'm not going to ask. I'm just going to throw that out there and say that, you know, you you did mention that. That's uh, that's in the running. There's there's like there's like three that are really in the running. And then I'm like, should I put up a poll? I don't know. But we'll see. Yes, I forgot you have that option. Yeah, this is this is Bobby's week. I don't want to take over uh, Bobby's picks here talking about my stuff. So we do anyway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I constantly interrupt and make everything about me. I'm sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> Maybe easy on the narcissism, please, for one week. <laughs> All right, for one week, I will stop. Um, so I don't know. Should we just like, since we've all seen it, um, does anyone want to share anything? Like, what? I have an email. Oh, that's right. I'm an idiot. That's all right. Listen, no one's perfect. That's why we're a two-star podcast. We're not a five-star podcast. <laughs> but while you're pulling up that email, I nah. will make a plea to our fans or our listeners, I should say. Um, we did get hit with a two-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you love us, and I know a lot of you listening do, we would really appreciate it if you go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review uh, if you like the podcast or if you hate the podcast. Just do it because you love us. We need to get that rating back up there. Robbie hasn't slept in weeks at this point. I mean, his vision has gone bad. If you're looking at the YouTube, you know what I'm talking about. So please take a few minutes out of your day. Uh, give us a five-star review. If it would be great if you write a written review in the in the Apple podcast, but hey, just click the five stars. Please. It helps. You may not think it helps, but it does. How? Well, we don't know, but it helps. <laughs> Heck if I know. Um, I'm not going to say anything about QT uh, Missa. I'm not going to say anything that, on being we, good this week, but she sucks. We, yeah, people. we left that in, in age 40. <laughs> That's all right. All right. You're right. This, this <laughs> is a new year. 41. Uh, more love in 41. That's what, That's that. what they say. It's my, this is my only this is fun my, uh, in 41. <laughs> this, is my G, this is my George H.W. Uh, year. So Mission nice. accomplished. <laughs> That's it. Um, like Robbie corrected me on, we do have an email from a very good friend, a very good cousin, uh, cousin Phil, and good brother, yeah, and very good brother. Um, he says, "Hello, my handsome fan." Um, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I have a newborn, so I'm not sleeping, so I'm all over the place. He titles this email. <laughs> I can't believe I spent this much time writing to a two-star podcast. Take a walk, Phil, on that one. <laughs> I almost said other things. Um, quick question to ponder. Don't you think it's ironic that Tom and his beautiful sweater vest, which are sleeveless, can't help but wear his heart on his sleeve? So if you don't know what we're talking about, last week we did... 500 days of summer so that's what phil is referencing sorry for the intro uh, corny intro paragraph i'm a first time emailer here and i'm kind of nervous trying to match the five-star wit that you fine fellows have is a tall task plus knowing that robbie is reading this as he sits there commando is making it hot in here <laughs> robbie can you confirm or deny that you are commando what's I'm always commanded, but like, what's the infatuation with that entire family about me not wearing drawers? Like, keep it, worry about your family. 
don't worry about my underwear. Like it's so weird to me. And I never I, that's talk about from, your underwear. No, not you. I'm not you. Like <laughs> that entire last name redacted family just like is like worried about my balls and how they're feeling in my chinos. They're fine. They're fine. There's no skids in these pants. So you ever back hear, off. You ever hear that trend about how many times a day do you think about the Roman Empire? I think about yeah. you going commando zero times a day. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. But your brother just it, your your brother has a hard on for my command me going commando. So back hey, off. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Please, please. Now listen. I was trying to be calm in in, in forty one, but I, now I'm my I'm all over the place now. I'm flustered. <laughs> I'm ready to throw somebody through a wall. Please continue. I'm sorry. All right. Hating everyone in forty one. <laughs> <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> um, Bill goes on to say, anyway, I felt it was fitting that my first email to the pod would be in response to your 500 Days of Summer episode, which I felt was most definitely insightful. However, that is not surprising coming from you three. Personally, my connection to this movie is similar to many when I first viewed it. I felt as it I felt as if it was a mirror to where I was at that particular moment. I won't dive into the analysis of Tom and Summer's relationship since I think all of you really did a stand-up job with it. Moreover, I wanted to detail as to why this movie, for me, will always be a highly regarded timeless classic and why, perhaps, some of you, some of your ratings should be slightly higher after listening to how passionate you were in the reflection of the film and its characters. The beautiful thing about this picture is that we have all been these characters to some degree. When I say that, I don't just mean Tom or Summer, but also the supporting cast such as friends, co-workers, or the other person that comes into the picture after someone else makes their exit, unknowingly becoming the victim in an internal narrative of the dearly departed. The I do I do love that. Sorry, I do love Go that ahead. point, though, because yeah. you're so focused on Tom and Summer in the movie that if you do look back on it, you, you are that person. You are those other people. Uh, to someone going through that relationship. And a lot of the times I know when I was the Tom in the situation, looking back on it, I'm so embarrassed for those other people that I like got involved because it was like, dude, you're 21. Just live your life. So it, it's funny thinking about it from that lens. Yeah. Well, how many times did you like you're heartbroken and you, you go out with your friends and you spend the whole night talking about your ex and they're just like. This ain't it. Yeah. Too many yeah. times. I mean, we've all we've all been on both sides. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a good point. It's it's the worst. Yeah, I look back and I'm like, I'm like, I'm so embarrassed for the things that I said, the things I told people, the way I acted, how I felt. Like, I'm sure Benny um, wanted to block my number uh, a couple of times, but it was just you look back and you're like, oh man, I'm so embarrassed. It's so embarrassing, but hey, you live and you learn. Yeah. And you know what? There's a lot of therapy that comes from that. So as much as you feel embarrassed, I'm sure if you talk to the people that you do open up to that, you know, they understand and it's never a burden for them. But, you know, you just look back on the emotions and how you evolved from that situation, how you've grown from it. And yeah, it feels embarrassing. But, you know, if you're a true friend, you're there for that person. Yeah, that's true. And, and then next time around switch and you're <laughs> yeah. the one listening to the other person so that's what friends do hey that's what friends are for Sorry. 
<laughs> That's what friends are for. Um, all right, where are we? Uh, this film conjures up different feelings of your past, some good, some bad, and some that you may not want to feel again, but are necessary to measure how far you have grown personally and emotionally. 500 Days of Summer can be painful to watch, but that is exactly why it's so excellently done. As much as Tom and Summer have their faults, flaws, and failures transitioning through their relationship, it was an indispensable journey from a point in their life that will never be exactly the same again. A point where they both learned uniquely different things. Pain and the subsequent healing and happiness in form that was once never desired. It's hard to exactly put into words, but we've all been in situations where we don't want to give up on someone. Where no matter the advice or how clearly the passengers in our lives can see the bigger picture, we destine ourselves to make the same mistakes until one day we wake up and the fuzziness dissipates and clarity prevails. And you have three kids. Yeah. <laughs> you wake up and you want to jump off a bridge. <laughs> For another reason. Yeah. Um, we've also been in moments where we don't uh, know who we are, even though we think we do. With that, our honesty to those we encounter is fallible. They don't get the best version of who we are, even though in that particular moment in time, it's the best of who we are in that spectrum of time. Being older now, we look at these characters as individuals who know what we know now, but they don't. Their story was frustrating, and that's the point. Think of how many frustrating stories encompass our personal past. Now think of how you learned from each of those stories, even if you didn't want to. To me, that's what makes such a real film. From anticipating moments of excitement that don't quite pan out to walking on cloud nine without a care in the world, the raw emotional vulnerability that's portrayed in 500 Days of Summer is not only relatable, but a reminder. It's a reminder that although we may get wiser, with wisdom we lose some of that spark and naivety that we that the, had a certain innocence attached to it. That's all I got. And then he tries to mess with our uh, algorithm here, and he says... Funk, 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 poopy, <laughs> funk, sticks, uh, mean, girl, um, chest, girl, uh, child without a parent, and <laughs> chest. <laughs> As always, excellent job, and thank you for doing this and letting us be a part of it. For that, you guys get all the stars in the world, my sweet honey babies. Much love, P. P.S. I love the look at the camera at the end of the film because I think the director's intention was to have the audience be a part of the story. I like it. Oh, thank you. I, I love the email. I, I do actually like that point he brings up towards the end where he talks about how as you get older and more wise, you do kind of lose, you know, that that spark of that na naivete because you've you feel like you've seen it all and you're like, Oh, I know how to react to this situation and you're not going into something and just like experiencing it. So I yeah. love that point. Nothing's a surprise. Yeah. No, much appreciated Phil. Um, if you want to mm -hmm. hear us talk all about 500 days of summer, check out our last episode and send in your thoughts um, or send in your thoughts on this episode, whatever ltbwpodcast.gmail.com So, 
Should we get into Bobby's pick? Please. All right. Wait, uh, I got a surprise. Oh, you do? I do have a surprise. I love it. Uh, I uh Monday night? Monday night I watched Oppenheimer. Ooh. What'd you think? Loved it. I loved it. I um <clears throat> I changed my pick. I think uh Chili Murphy should definitely win best actor. Um, I do love a little Paul Giamatti, but I thought he, he was amazing in this movie. Um, what he what he worked with and all the complexity of his character, I I just think it's far and away uh, better than Paul Giamatti's performance. Not that I don't love it, but I just think he was this movie. I thought the direction was phenomenal, uh, unbelievable. Some of the stuff they were doing, I I love the story. Um, Obviously, you know stuff about the Red Scare and all those things about uh, communism. Is communism how the government tried to, you know, they held, held hearings and and tried to kind of blacklist people they thought were, you know, affiliated with the Communist Party. I didn't know that much about Oppenheimer. Like I, I you you knew it about some Hollywood actors and people like that, but I didn't know it went into, into that much depth with Oppenheimer and tried to screw him over. But um, I loved it, man. I thought Matt Damon was fantastic. I thought uh, Downey Jr. was overrated, shouldn't win the supporting actor. <laughs> um, who else was good? I was they were gonna all good, man. So many. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to ask you, did, did your opinion change a little bit on our DJ? But it sounds like no. No, it did. Uh, but do I think you should win the best supporting, supporting. actor? Supporting? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, uh, I think you should have won it maybe for... Uh, Tropic Thunder. I thought it was fantastic in that movie. Yeah. But um But uh, uh what was your Pew rating? I'm gonna go nine and a half. Oh wow. All right. She was very oh, good in the movie. Oh oh sorry. Pew? Yeah. Fifteen. She's for something <laughs> about her, I just love something I just think that she's uh, Fox. Um Giblet scale, six and a half out of ten on the jibs. All right. But um, Tushy scale, I'm gonna go 8.6 on a Tush. Wow, and that's an OJS. Yeah. You talking about it? <laughs> uh, but um, plum, plum scale 9.5. Yeah, I thought it was very good. I mean, it it really for three hours. It, it I don't want to say breeze by because I don't think anything a movie never breezes by for three hours. But it didn't feel like a slog. It, 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 it was a very good movie and, and I and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Truman was kind of, I didn't think, you know, the little what Truman was in, I mean, why, why has he got to be a dick for Truman? I, I, yeah. I thought Truman was a pretty nice guy. But um, that it's, was it's it's crazy. good, man. Yeah, it's crazy how you're what you're saying. Like for a movie that is like 99% dialogue, it's always moving. It's always going quick. Like the dialogue's quick. It's a lot, it's like very dense. Um, I felt the same way. Like it, it, it didn't feel the three hours, like killers of the flower moon. I, I felt every minute of that movie, but Oppenheimer, I was like just enthralled the whole time. And I think it's a a testament again to Chilean Murphy's performance, Mm -hmm. the direction by, um, Christopher Nolan, I 100% all in on him for best director. I yeah. haven't seen a lot of the other movies, so I would say what I've seen, I I, I wouldn't be pissed off if Oppenheimer won best picture. I think it 100% deserves it. Um, I, I thought, like, 
everything, man. The set pieces, the direction, the writing, the acting from everybody was was really quality, top notch. Like like I said, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Murphy, Hugh, Blunt, even the bit part. Safdie was cool. I liked him. Uh, Rami Malek, that, that was good. I just everybody that was in it and surprising characters I didn't know were in it. Everybody was was very good, and I just love the historical factor of it too. So maybe that's why I didn't, I wasn't bored of it. I thought it wasn't a good story. I just I just love that whole aspect of it. Seeing like people you know that are really like Einstein and yeah. and uh, people like that, which was was awesome. And it was the backdrop World War Two. I love World War Two type stuff. So it was it was great. Who was the other actor? That was the other teacher when Oppenheimer got the job at the school. You know who I'm talking about? He's in so many movies, and I always love him. The the heavy, not the heavy guy. The no, he was like the other teacher. Um, uh, and he always came in like, and like kind of told Oppenheimer like slow down or something like that, or he was kind of like doubting him. I know you're talking about. He was like he had a lot of like parts early on. What? He's guilty about the wrong part in Harry Potter. Oh, I don't know. Um, do you think it's your favorite Nolan now? I think so. Really, it's not like Regency bias. I just saw it. I really do. But like Dark Knight, I loved Dark Knight. But as far as like Nolan movies, I do think that it's my favorite Nolan movie. I really do. Yeah. With Interstellar, Interstellar Dead Last. Interstellar um, dead last? No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that dude is that dude you're talking about. I, I, his name's on the tip of my tongue, but he was like, he had like a lot of parts early on in his career. Whereas now, he didn't get a lot of work. But I think he was like, uh, I forgot his name. Now I'm going to be pissed off because I, I can't find it. You know who it was? It was uh, Josh Hartnett. That's it. That's his name. Yeah, he was really good. And when I he he think you're right i think i know what you're talking about now he did put on a little bit of weight and you're like i didn't even realize it was him until after the movie like when i saw the credits or whatever he was awesome like everybody was just insane top to bottom yeah everybody was very good even was that the kid from the santa claus um the elf uh oppenheimer's like pretty good friend he was like the heavy set guy who was on the tree yeah yeah it might have been I think so. Like he was like the guy was on a train with him, telling him to eat the freaking Clementine or whatnot. I thought it was good. I love the black and white scenes. Um, mm -hmm. I love the you know congressional hearing type stuff. But when you give me historical figures that are true, I'm a sucker for that, and and I'm already all in. So um, it's definitely a movie I would watch again. Really like. Even though it's you know three hours long, I definitely would watch it again. I really, I really enjoyed it. And forget about it. The, 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 I mean, it wasn't. I'm sure what you saw in IMAX was out of this world. Oh, it was incredible. But even even watching, so yeah, even watching it on on this screen was was awesome. But just, I'm sure that a, that test atomic bomb scene was probably unreal in there. It was nuts, and all the little like interlude scenes where it kind of was like that haze you know what i'm talking about that yeah. was just like overwhelming I, I i don't know if i mentioned it on the podcast but i like almost had a an anxiety attack like the first 15 minutes of the movie because it was just like 
surround like you know the screen is so big and it's surrounding you and everybody's like huge and talking fast and i was like i'm freaking out right now but uh i ended up loving it no definitely uh 100 recommendation on that and uh i wouldn't be at all surprised or or pissed off if if, uh they won all the awards and and swept all those major categories because it's well deserved yeah i agree Ryan, you gonna watch it? I think you're on mute. You're, you're muted. I was trying to like be respectful, but also not pay attention to what you guys are saying because oh, I yeah, want to watch it. <laughs> um, should we like dedicate an episode to it? Maybe. Yeah, I, I like, would do it. The following or something, whatever. Maybe, maybe we'll do it right before the Oscars. Okay. Yeah, we can make whatever. that kind of part of our our Oscar episode, but. I agree, Robbie. I think it's going to win pretty much every award that it's up for. Um, the only one I could see, uh, we've watched a bunch of the the Best Picture nominees at this point. I think I'm only missing like three, maybe. Um, the only one I see it giving a run for its money direction-wise would probably be Poor Things, just because it is very stylized, and, and I feel like that kind of goes a long way, but I still think it's known at the end of the day. Yeah, I haven't said it like that, but I don't see how, how he doesn't. Unless it's some shocking upset, but like the bits and pieces, like I've seen of poor things, you could definitely tell. Like, like you said, the stylistic yeah, nature of the film. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. And Oppenheimer dies at the end. The uh, he gets hit <laughs> by a, a train. The butler did it. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, that we should definitely do an episode. Uh, it'll probably take me a couple weeks to watch it since it's three hours and change because watch like half an hour a night. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, what do you think? Should we get into Bobby's pick? Um, or did you guys want to mention anything else about the OPP? No, I think we're good. We did a good little couple minutes on that. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, normally when one or more of us haven't seen it we kind of do like uh you know what'd you think going in but we've all seen it so let's just get right into uh like overall impressions and plum scores um does any well bobby this is your episode please do you, you choose do you want to go first or do you want to pick one of us to go first uh bobby wants to go last whoever wants and then you guys can fight for the the number one and two ryan go ahead please all we right. just spoke for 45 minutes. <laughs> um, well, I was pumped when Robbie said he uh, wanted to do this one. I, I mean, knowing Robbie pretty well, I kind of thought this might have been the pick, um, but I'm glad it was because I really enjoy this film. Uh, I actually purchased it uh, a while ago, so I just had it on deck. I was ready to go. Smart. Yeah. Um, this there's so much to like about this film um but my favorite favorite thing about this movie is the music and the direction it's something about it i don't know what it is but it just it puts me in a different mood and especially the first like couple of um minutes not the um sorry not the first couple of minutes when they're talking you know um um 
Mark Zuckerberg is talking to his at the time girlfriend. But when he's running around campus and that music is playing, I love it. Um, it's so good. Um, and overall, it's a really enjoyable movie. The way they, you know, uh, interject like the. Um, they're not court cases, but like the meeting depositions, de depositions. Thank you um, that they're having. And um, yeah, I really like this movie. I'm glad we did it. Um, is it accurate? The people that were involved in real life say it's not, but I kind of, I don't know. I want to, I think it is like, it feels accurate to me. Um, but of course, you know, the Zuckerberg or whoever is going to be like, no, that's not how it happened. I'm not a piece of crap. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like this movie. I'm really glad that uh, Robbie picked it. Um, ben, what'd you think? So, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Probably, I think I, I might have been in California when I saw it for the first time. So probably like 2014, 2015. Um, and that was the first and only time I saw it. I remember enjoying it a lot. Um, I enjoyed, what's his name's Jesse Eisenberg's performance. Um, so I was excited to watch this one again. And I know Robbie always speaks so highly of it. So I was excited to give it another go. And I still do. I like it a lot. It just... I don't know if I've been brainwashed by a lot of the Aaron Sorkin hot takes, but <laughs> he kind of like when you start to watch a couple of his things, you notice the patterns with him. And to me, it just felt so dramatic all the time over like the littlest things. I wish there was a little more, I don't know, levity to it. And there was, but it, if everything is super dramatic, then the really dramatic moments don't feel as dramatic because you're just in that mode the whole entire time. But again, who am I to criticize someone like him who who has way more success than I'll ever have uh, until this podcast blows up? So far, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I, I do enjoy it a lot. Um, I had a hard time scoring it. At the end of the day, man, I mean, I think that the, the performances by um, Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg are just, fantastic amazing you can't say enough about them i don't remember liking or remembering rooney mara as much the first time but i really enjoyed her in in the few parts throughout the movie that she was in so yeah overall i enjoyed it a lot and glad we watched it again like you guys said i mean robbie i'm sure is gonna go on a rant about trent reznor and atticus ross in this movie is just amazing i mean you talked about the opening music ryan and i'll go with the the music that's in the, in the literal next part is when they're go, going back and forth between the party um and him blogging and making face mash like that song just incredible um direction by fincher fantastic i think the only thing that that, that was wearing on me through the movie was like the sorkin the writing and how everything is so heavy all the time when i felt like it didn't need to be be but overall good movie is that you mentioned sorry Rob, before you go is that you mentioned there's a like i guess a discourse around aaron sorkin that like all his writing is that way is that what the issue is that everything is too dramatic all the time Every, yeah everything is just always dramatic i mean i know he gets a lot of stuff for the way that he writes women which actually thought he did really well with rooney mara's character in this one so that really wasn't an issue for me it just everything felt so heavy all the time. 
and just oh like everybody was just you know these macabre figures that were just like you know you know what i mean like i guess they're kind of trying to give it that snootiness of like people that are in this upper echelon of society but it just felt like a bunch of like miserables walking around yeah i don't i mean i don't know if i agree with that i feel like the 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 really dramatic parts one in particular i felt was appropriately dramatic and more dramatic I, than like the rest of the film um but i get i mean i guess i see what they're saying but he's a dramatic writer I don't yeah know. i and i'm not like saying it was bad because of that it just it just you know i felt it the whole movie i, I don't know what i'm trying to say which is uh, great for for having a podcast but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's just that's just the impression i got that's how i just felt by the end of the movie that's and i know exactly what moment you're talking good, about Benny. yeah yeah, because yeah, we don't know uh, what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I know exactly what moment you're talking about. And yes, that was, you know, even it did rise above the rest. Right. Sorry. Robbie? I never, I don't know, I never, I never, maybe because I never heard that, that stuff on the internet about yeah. um, Sorkin being so dramatic. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't think this movie should have worked the way it did i mean you're telling a story about a guy who, who you know basically just invented facebook i mean what kind of drama are you gonna get out of that you know just some insecure loner loser type kid but it worked and it worked because of the writing it worked because of the direction it worked 1000 percent because of all the actors involved in this movie it worked because of, you know, cinematography and the, the, the score. I mean, it's like dark and it's like an electronic and darkness to the score, which I love. Um, I have to go with the same thing with Ryan. Like that opening, see that sequence with after he gets broken up with and is walking back to his dorm room. Like with that music playing is one of my favorite parts in the movie. I just love it. The, you know, the, the, the title coming up and then, you know, the actors and stuff like that. I love the font that they use in there. Um, and that was like one, two, like that's that score. And then the next score, when they were, go they were traveling on the bus that I wanted to pick, I didn't know which one to pick for my little uh, movie draft that, that you asked for Benny. But I mean, it's it's great. When I first saw it, I loved it. Every time I see it, I love it even more. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know why I love it so much. And uh, like 100% shouldn't work because there's no serious action or anything like any gotcha moments. It's just a story about a guy who invented Facebook, potentially fucked people over by doing it, probably 100% stealing ideas left and right. But it's... It's great. Some of my favorite scenes in this movie are all those deposition scenes where the you know the lawyers are talking and, and you know the Winkle bosses and and Eduardo and Mark and they're all doing it. I just I just thought it was amazing. Um the tough choice for movies that I wanted to pick, but I don't know. There's something about this movie. Maybe I'm a sucker for Sorkin. Uh I do love Fincher. And I just thought that everybody in this movie was was absolutely outstanding and 
one of the one of the best scores of the 21st century and should have won best picture over the king's speech take a hike <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, i totally agree with robbie i i love the the dark tone of this film and you're right like it shouldn't have worked like who who cares? Who cares about someone inventing Facebook? Facebook stinks. But yeah, and to, it works. Sorry. No, go ahead. And to be to be intrigued and I want to say captivated for two hours over this story of how he did it, who he screwed over, people trying to take it from him, and then where he got to today. It's just, is it a microcosm? I don't know. I may be just using big words just to use them. But it's also at a time when it was kind of pre-social media and the world was a lot different. And to see this little bozo, you know, kind of just shape how the world is nowadays, all social media heavy and all that comes with it from, you know, that point up until now is also, it's also crazy. So it's also like a little, little something to think about too while watching the movie. I mean, it makes you think all these years later, like what Facebook has become and how evil it feels and, you know, the influence it's had on politics and, you know, the way people talk to each other in this country and all that, you know, the way social media has evolved, that it's interesting to kind of think back to that time when Facebook first dropped. I remember hearing about Facebook and I was going to Suffolk Community College and like, oh, I'm never going to be get to be on Facebook. And then it finally like rolled out to every other school and you still needed a, a college email address to to join it. And I remember being so pumped. I, I honestly I remember where I was when I joined Facebook for the first time. I was in my um a room in my house that was my grandmother's after she passed we turned into like a sitting room and i was in there on my macbook and i joined it and I, and I still remember it to this day like it's just so weird the things that you remember but it was like the thing the cool thing because it was exclusive and it, it's funny you know now looking back on that and watching how that whole thing played out you know maybe not 100 percent to the t but you know it, it was this big moment in all of our lives yeah, now, like back then, you're like, oh man, it's the cool thing. And now you have just somebody's aunt, you know, on Facebook <laughs> saying, my husband's arm got stuck to the refrigerator after he took a COVID shot. So things like that, <laughs> you see now and what it's turned into. So it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, are you guys still on Facebook? I was off it for a few years and then I created a, an account. Um, because I needed to, to create like a, a fan page for something else. And I, I have it, but I log into it maybe once every two months. Um, I think I have like one profile picture and that's it. I try not to give it any of my information or my location or any of that kind of stuff. I, I honestly, I hate Facebook so much, um, which is funny compared to the story that I just told about it. But, you know, but then again, I'm the, the the idiot that's on Instagram all the time. So it's, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I've been off for like seven years now. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been on there for, for a long time. And I don't even think twice about it. So again, but then I watch 
six to seven hours of Instagram reels on my phone. So <laughs> what is, who am I, hypocrite man? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, plum scores, Robbie, again, your choice. Quick 10, 10 for me. It doesn't matter. It. I love the movie. I would, I would give it a 6,000 if I could. Um, there's a few movies that are tense for me and this is it. This is the most, one of the most top three rewatchable movies for me. I would, I'll watch this movie any time of day, anywhere, if I ever saw it on television, boom, I'm watching it. Um, I must have watched it now three times in the past three months. Um, why not? But yeah, it's an everlasting classic movie for me. It never gets old. The characters never get stale. The writing never gets stale. The direction never gets stale. The score will never get stale for me. It's just a perfect movie, in my opinion. And yeah, this are there some characters that annoy me? Are there some scenes that annoy me? Do the Winklevoss twins dialogue sometimes make you want to punch them in their face? Of course. <laughs> but I love the movie. And I'm not pulling a Pulp Fiction again where I get mad because Tarantino's making coffee and the way he's talking, I really want to beat him up. But no, nah, I'm not doing it. 10. That's it. Ryan. Um, I Like I said, I purchased this movie several years ago and have watched it numerous times. I also really, really like it that again, I mentioned it once already, but that opening scene score runs through my head fairly often. Just that, especially that tone, just a, like, just, I don't know. I, I really like this film. Um, I'm going to give this uh, not as high as Robbie, um, but I'm going to give this a famous, 9.4 wow. made famous oh, by it's 9. back it's back it was gone yes. it came it's, back it's back it's back <laughs> baby um i have a hard time scoring this one um and honestly my score changed while we were talking because you guys brought up a lot of good points um i'm glad i didn't give the score before we gave all of our opinions um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 8.8 .8 on it um, I think it's a really strong movie. I wouldn't be putting it on my top 10 list anytime soon. I enjoyed watching it again. Like I said, there's just a couple things that stand out to me in the movie that, you know, it didn't feel it. It felt two hours, but not in a bad way. Um, and yeah, a couple characters that I just not a big fan of, maybe wish that they, they had picked somebody else for the role, but the I kept coming back to that Sorkin stuff, and I, I I don't know why it it frustrated me so much, but it did. So I'll go eight point eight. Yeah. Before we get into any of the stuff, did either of you guys ever see the girl with the dragon tattoo, also by Fincher? No. All right. No. You guys should check that out because it. I know it's a completely different movie obviously um but to me it has a lot of the same feel and it was back to back that fincher did it and robbie your boys Reznor and ross also scored this one um it just it the similarities to me there like the darkness and tone the the music um so i would definitely check it out again it's a My completely guys. different type of movie but it's 
very enjoyable. And I think Robbie, especially you'll like it because of the direction and the score. Did you see think- soul? Anybody seen soul? Yeah. The Pixar movie. Yeah. Yeah. Trent Reznor like and Atticus scored that too. Yeah. No, they're, they're it's a good one. I mean, they're dynamite that the pair of them. I think two time Academy award winners for this and, and soul. I think you're right. Good for them. And Sorkin, Sorkin won, I think, the Academy Award for Adapted for this. For this, yeah. Yeah. So suck on that, Benny. Suck on it. Suck it. Bring it. The inside of my, my body just might have melted when I heard an 8.8 from you. 8.8's a good score. That's it's a, good a really score. good score. Are you right? I can't wait for your birthday when you when you bring out the Sandlot and I give it a two point six. <laughs> I'm not bringing out the Sandlot. <laughs> That'd be a good one to pick. Maybe I'll pick it. <laughs> it's baseball season, Major League. I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick the baseball documentary by Ken Burns, and we have to watch all ten episodes that are like three hours each. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> um. All right, uh, Robbie. What do you want to do? Scenes or characters first? Uh, let's get rid of the characters because there's so many good scenes. Let's go favorite characters, least favorite character. Let's go least favorite character first. All right. Who wants to start? Well, it's my birthday, so I'm going to start. Do it. Because I don't want anybody else to pick him. <laughs> because my least favorite, my least favorite character is Mr. Sean Parker, Justin Timberlake. I, I can't stand, stand for the life of me, Justin Timberlake. He's up there with Taylor Swift. I can't stand him at all. I think he sucked in this movie. Um, I'm devastated that I couldn't find a better actor than him. There are some scenes where I was like, this is this is bad acting, really, across the board. And he kind of almost ruined the scene for me. Um, there's just something about him. There could have been so many other actors, I think, that really could have played that part and really driven home the pretentiousness the dickishness the the better than me type attitude that it seems like sean parker had especially in this movie um yeah i just i don't know there was just something about timberlake i don't like him in anything that he's in um some songs i i I enjoy like i said last week i think i was always a jc shazay guy anyway he had it all uh timberlake didn't have anything he pissed me off um yeah it doesn't take much for me to to throw some timberlake hate uh shout out janet jackson she get wrongfully accused and timberlake you know got off scot-free um but yeah timberlake sucked in this movie i wish anybody else would have been in this movie um and uh yeah i i would recast him in a second so i uh, felt the same way uh and the name she threw out to replace him was kieran culkin I would have loved it. Would have loved but it. But I was, and she mentioned somebody else. But I also mentioned that uh, this movie was 15 years ago, and these people were probably like 13. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, I think that was going to be everybody's pick, Robbie. Yeah, I had to get get out in front with that one because I didn't really have a lot of other least favorite characters. Ryan, you I go? thought. Uh... I agree with you. He was, there was a lot of parts where I was just like, ugh. but he, I did like him when he would do the super paranoid 
um, parts that I liked yeah. him doing, but pretty much everything else, I was like, ugh, ugh. The whole thing I know, with, I was like, when uh, Eduardo was was talking to him, I just was like, ugh, shut up, JT. <laughs> I know. Go somewhere, bro. It it it, it weird on me. You don't. I almost gave it a nine point nine, just because of him. I wish you would have just because Sammy. <laughs> um, Benny, you want to go or? Uh, you can go. Damn it! Uh, because he was my pick. Um, so I'm gonna go <laughs> ahead and pick the guy who didn't realize Bill Gates was the one who was speaking. Because <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. You just know by his voice that that's Bill Gates. Right. Uh, oof. Um, I mean, it really is hard to pick somebody because everybody was really good in the movie. So I'm going to go um, a little out of left field and just pick Army Hammer as Cameron Winklevoss, not necessarily because of the character, but who he is in real life, and he can go fuck, he can go mess with himself. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I have one least favorite character, and that's uh, Kevin Spacey's name popping up as executive oh, producer. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's a good Audi <laughs> Mensch. Wait, so I'm just realizing this now. Are they not twins? Nah. How no, the his heck- face was. Im- his face. They had a stunt double, and they had his face CGI. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So this. Oh, all right. All right. That yeah. makes sense. And they did a lot so, of like split screen work and stuff like that. Gotcha. So mess him two times then, because technically he played two different characters. Yeah, the guy who played the other Winkle Vi um, was you know the guy when that. they were in the bathroom, the the two girls just like hooked up with Eduardo and Mark. The guy who tries to go in. Oh, he's like, nice. Other one. Yeah. Like the body double or whatever you want to call it. Josh, Josh Pence. When I saw that name pop up on the screen, I was like, oh, I had enough Pence's for one lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) Fave? Uh, I got. Oh, I I had like um, Douglas Urbanski as Larry Summers. Shout out Larry Summers. I think he was Obama's like treasury secretary. Like me making that up. Uh, I just didn't like the guys, the character, the kind of douchiness that he that he that he played with. Exuded, yeah. Exuded, yeah. And Christy for being a psychopath, almost yeah. burning Eduardo's apartment down. Brenda Song, shout out Macaulay Culkin's shout wife. Shout out Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. yeah. It's Culkin heavy pocket. Smoking hot. Get him on. Nothing good. <laughs> I know you listen. Uh, faves, Robbie. Do you want to go first on Faves again? I'm offering you my pick. Really? Yeah, yeah. Why not? It's your birthday, That's, babe. It's your oh episode. Oh my god! Say less, because my favorite character <laughs> is Andrew Garfield as as Eduardo Saverin. Um, Garfield's fantastic in this movie. Garfield should have won an Academy Award for this movie. Um, I thought he was phenomenal in this movie. Um, do I think? Sometimes I go back and forth and think that was this movie skewed to make Eduardo like the hero of this movie um he did get kind of screwed over but i don't know the full details i'm not gonna say i know what's going on but it definitely leans a little heavy 
as as Ed Water was a good guy. But I mean, Andrew Garfield played this phenomenal. I, I think it was a fantastic performance. I think it was A plus, uh, some vulnerability vulnerability. Um, he was, you know, he bought the acting chops, uh, he bought the drama, he bought everything. Um Every time I watch this performance of him, uh, um, um, you know, I love it more and more. There was just so much, I don't want to say complexity to his character, but he brought, you know, various stages of emotions where you felt bad for him, where you rooted for him, where you were happy for him in, in, in some scenes. So, yeah, he was a true friend to Mark. Sometimes I think Mark kind of used him for the funds in the moment or his fantastic chess algorithm. But, um, yeah, I just think that he was always there for him uh, in the movie. I don't know about personally, but in the movie, I, I felt like he was a true friend and and was always there for for Mark when Mark really didn't have anybody, you know. But yeah, Garfield all day, every day, um, all in. Uh, Should have won every award in the book. So Andrew Garfield as Eduardo Saverin is my favorite character from here until eternity. <laughs> um. <laughs> It, you know, you mentioned like, is he the good guy? Is he the hero? Did he get screwed over? And yeah, he got screwed over, obviously. But like, was it? I don't want to say it was. Was it the right choice? Because it's definitely not the right choice to take him out of the co-founder position and dilute all of his shares. But I think the moment where you kind of have to like think about, did Zuckerberg make the right choice? Is when he's talking about how he's going around. Um, New York City, 12 hours a day on the subway trying to find advertisers. And Zuckerberg's like, yeah, what, Dan's tuxedo shop? Like, we're bigger than that. And he probably needed someone bigger in that role. But that doesn't mean you cut him out completely from the company. Like, that's the messed up part of it. And that's where, you know, Sean Parker, allegedly, again, we don't know. I don't know the, the actual details of it screwed over Garfield and got into Mark's head and yeah, like he, he had the right instinct that he, uh, Eduardo wasn't the right person for the position, but he just went about it the wrong way. He let Timberlake influence him way too much. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go chalk and pick Jesse Eisenberg as Zuckerberg. I mean, how could you not? He just obviously carries the movie and he just plays that character so well. And I don't know if I doubt that's how he is in real life, but he always kind of play, or at least the movies I've seen plays that kind of aloof, smarter than you guy um, who's not putting up with any nonsense, but he did it so well. And, you know, if you hate Zuckerberg in real life, like a lot of people do, you probably enjoyed this this characterization of him because he's just insufferable 90% of the time. Um, and, you know, I love that um, quote at the end of the movie from Rashida Jones's character where she's like, you're not an asshole, but you're trying so hard to be. And it's so true, but also he's he's kind of an asshole just in, in general, like even without trying to be um, extra douchey. So... He he was just fantastic in this movie. I tend to enjoy everything I've seen him in, uh, in in the maybe three or four movies I've seen him in. Haven't seen him as actually I did see him as Lex Luthor I think, but I like that he has a sense of humor about himself with that part. Um, I think he reached out to 
who's ever playing Lex Luthor next and was like, just watch what I did and don't do any of that. So I, I enjoy him. I, I wish he would kind of pop up in more stuff. He's good in Zombieland. He was, yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Well, <clears throat> I'll, go, I'll go last, even though I should have went second because Benny gave... Robbie, his pick. Oh, sorry. I, I, I took a says. It's yeah. fine. I'm just sorry. I'm, sorry. Sorry, no, sorry. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and pick because I have to because her family owns the New York football giants, Rooney Mara. Um, but I did actually really like her, uh, you know, character in this film. I loved, you know, the whole beginning scene with her. Um, and, you know, that whole line of you know you're gonna think it's because you're a nerd but it's because you're an a-hole um and then seeing her later on i liked you know good luck with your video game (laughs) 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 um but yeah i mean that's there's not a lot of like main characters in this other than the the three guys and we all know how we all feel about justin timblake and then rooney mara um, I think is is definitely um, up there as you know favorite characters, but everyone else there's not really a lot to choose from. Yeah, sorry, Ryan. No, I was just joking. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, any Ani mentions for favorite characters? Yeah, I'll go with. I mean, yeah, he likes to eat people's skin, but I'll go with Army Hammer as the Winkle Boss twins. I thought he played a good. <laughs> I like the character too. Yeah, I like the character because it's the character of like two guys who've never been told no in their entire life. Yeah. Right. right? And you get that you get that pretentiousness from the both of them. Like even when they were talking about when Mark first sees him, and it looks like you guys, you know, live in the gym. And then even Winklevine in the back's like, Yeah, we roll crew. I'm like, shut up. Shut (laughs) up. That that whole that that annoys me every time I watch it when they say that. But that's just who they are. Just some rich kids that that went to Harvard and, and expect, you know, everybody to say yes to them their entire lives. And, you know, this little twerp is that smarting them every step of the way. So I thought that he played that part uh, to what it was supposed to be. There. I'll, I'll give an Ani Mensch to, you just mentioned it before, but Rashida Jones, I liked her character in this and just, she wasn't in it a lot. I mean, I, I do like her in other things like in parks and rec and stuff like that. But uh, I like that whole kind of scene at the end where she was talking about jury selection and, you know, stuff like that. So give her an Ani Mensch. Who else I want to give an Ani Mensch to? Uh, the white haired lawyer in the deposition. Uh, yeah. He asked Mark, he asked, he asked Mark if he had his attention. I, just, I don't know something about, about that guy's voice and the way he played that part. I really enjoyed it's Agree. his character. And um Yeah, I like the way he spoke. Yeah, something about it. I really loved his voice. I don't know what it was about, but I think I think he really did a great job in in the minimal, you know, time he had on screen. Um who else? Max Magenla, huh? Whoever. Wink the Winklevoss's uh, you know, security guard, whoever he was, his <laughs> friend. I did. I think he went out with what's her name, sister Kate Mara. I think in real life. Oh, really? I could be wrong. 
But I forgot what else he was in, but I, I enjoyed his uh his part, especially when in the part when they were singing uh I swear and he freaks out when he finds yeah, it that Facebook has his dropped. Yeah, that was a good part. That was good. I also liked when he said he wanted to hire the Sopranos to beat him to death with hammers. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Um all right. Any other character things we should mention or should we move on? I don't have anything else, I don't think. No. Okay. Um, all right. Uh scenes, Robbie, your choice as again. Before we get into scenes, our favorite game is back. I forgot to play the game before. It's uh the Tashometer. Sponsored oh. by Benny's favorite adventure park, Tush Gardens. <laughs> um, we need that sponsorship. We do. You got to talk to him. It is it is your word, so you better get out there. Um, Dakota Johnson. Tush meter. Who's starting? Anybody. Well, you're, the, you're the Tush doctor. You're the official Tush. I'll give it a nine. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Nice touch. That's a that's a good score. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember it. I'll go How could you forget it, baby? <laughs> I've just I've seen so many, you know. <laughs> um, I'll go eight point seven. I'm pretty sure it, it was really good. But that yeah, it was a nice touch. I was gonna... it's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. There's that was annoying. Snake. <laughs> get out of here oh my god I slept with Sean Parker like he was fucking Paul McCartney like chill out the guy <laughs> met the naps take a, take, a, take a seat yeah yeah that was annoying her acting stinks but um I'll go eat four on a tush decent tush would I stick my head in it without a doubt but uh <laughs> yeah 8.4 8. on a tush the shot the tachometer for me Dakota Johnson if you're listening Call us. Please. Come on. We'll get Come you on. in touch with Robbie. <laughs> Show us your touch. Uh, so we can go least favorite scenes. Um, I can go first. I have none. So that's all <laughs> I'll say about that. Wow. Ryan, please. Um Yeah, I think I'm I mean, maybe I'll go with with that scene that you just brought up because like sorry that whole <laughs> that whole interaction with just like can i look at your like computer and he's just looking like why can't so you bad. just go in the bathroom and just be like hey what is this or wait five minutes like there's a snake out here like yeah i need to find you Mark Zuckerberg. Oh. <laughs> it's so bad. You know another scene I kind of also like... don't. I'll wait till Ani matches. Go ahead, Benny. I don't want to steal it if it's yours. I already stole it once. It's hard because like nothing really stands out except that scene. But I I'll give a micro scene. As my least favorite, it's the first time it's the first lines that Rashida Rashida Jones speaks in the movie when they're talking about how many hits uh, face mash got. 
And it was like, oh, it got 2,200 hits in the first hour. And he's like, uh, 22,000. And just the line she has after, she's like, 22,000? Wow. <laughs> like it just felt so like weird uh not the best that delivery. was corny yeah so i'm gonna pick that because that was just one of the things that stuck out to me i feel like nowadays you like twenty two thousand hits like so i mean in the first hour of a it's a, still unknown, good of yeah. a brand new site yeah no i know yeah. but it's like it still feels like a low number to like crash yeah. Uh, I'm sure back then it was oh, like a sure. token ring at Ethernet <laughs> yeah. network or something. Yeah, yeah, they're running their 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 uh their T1 server on an yeah on Angel Fire. Yeah. Um, the only the for some reason the the scene, just like Eduardo was bothered, the scene with them with all the Apple teenies and stuff that kind of like bothers me too a little bit. It it was I mean I know it was meant to be like a little aggravating. Um, so and I like parts of it, but for some reason, just him walking in there being like, <laughs> We'll have this and this and this. Yeah. What are you drinking? Apple TDs, let's go. <laughs> Tap four of those. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but not a not a strong Ani Mench, but just a smidge. I love it. Yeah. All right. Favorite scenes, Robbie. Um, I'm giving them up. I have I have a lot of favorite scenes. Um, so I don't want to give it up. I'm giving it up. Who's pick? Who's who's going first? Ryan? I feel like I need to make it up to you. All right, I defer it to you, Benny. All right. Well, I'm gonna pick your favorite scene then. I know you are. Uh, <laughs> and it's the uh Andrew Garfield finding out that he gets cut out of Facebook and just his whole monologue after that that's easily like the high point of the whole entire movie okay. um the acting in it fantastic the I, I but i really do enjoy just the and he doesn't say anything but the the way he acts um jesse eisenberg in that scene like you could see you could feel like the oh i, I definitely fucked up and this was a stupid thing to do and you could see the whole thing play out in front of him um so yeah just the two of them going at it um and then you know on his way out the door eduardo getting a little one up on sean you know so it, it's it sucks but at least he gets a little bit of redemption there um yeah by far the best scene of the movie yeah them when they're going through how much was hit was yeah Dustin moscovitz it wasn't how much was his it wasn't like i, I just love that sequence it's so good yeah because yeah, you know he, mine but yeah you know he's right he knows he's right and he's just laying it out and yeah just perfect yeah. don't feel too bad because in real life he's like got like 25 billion dollars or something does Edward he sovereign yeah he's wealthy yeah f him yeah <laughs> <laughs> fudge him hey eduardo listen fudge yourself yeah <laughs> Robbie, you want to go? No, you can go. All right. Um, ben, you were correct. You did steal my scene. Uh, but that's obvious. I think that's most many people's favorite scenes. Um, because that's off the table, I'll honestly, I've mentioned it already in the show, but I just, I love the beginning sequence. The, you know, you are introduced to uh, Mark and how his, in this film, like how his brain works, where he's 
back and forth and back and forth where they're talking about the finals clubs and uh, not finals final um, and uh, about like her going to be you and like, like how he kind of will go like a step ahead and then come back and go ahead and come back. Uh, I um, feel like that's a Sorkin thing too. Where yeah, he's like I think responding right. to something that's like from earlier was asked. Yeah. But then he's also like going ahead. I feel like yep. that was a Sorkin thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that scene and then leading into him heading to his um his dorm room to 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 blog because that's what the angry do. Um and uh on live journal, shout out. On live journal. Did you have a live journal, Benny? I, I had a dead journal. Oh <laughs> the cool one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll go with that again because the dialogue was great and then the music was fantastic and the you know the scenes of the of the college were just so cool. Did you have a live journal, Ryan? I did not. I'm shocked because I was such an emo kid. <laughs> <laughs> I know for damn sure Robbie didn't have a live journal. I didn't even know a live journal until I watched this movie. So no, I didn't have one. <laughs> did you have a, a Tumblr, Benny? I didn't have a Tumblr. I had a Tumblr. I wish I still. Oh my god, it would be the cringiest thing. But I wish I had access to that dead journal. Oh yeah, or oh. Uh, MySpace. Uh, I wish I had access to my MySpace account. I really do. Or I. Um, a, a just a list of all the away messages I left up. Uh, oh, please! On AIM. I want a list of all the different screen names I had. I changed my screen name once I switched from AOL to AIM, and you could just make screen names willy nilly. I had forty five different Blink One Eighty Two <laughs> AIM screen names. <laughs> Aliens exist. One four seven. <laughs> Probably wasn't far off. Yeah, no. <laughs> Robbie, where we where we go? Robbie's favorite scenes. So many, so many. Eduardo confronts Mark was my number one. Um, but I knew that was going to be gone. This is tough. I'm going to go with the Victoria's Secret scene. Um, I thought that was such a great scene, playing over the loud music, uh, the darkness, uh, to the scene. And just the story of what Sean tells uh, Mark, which is a true story. If nobody knows that the guy threw himself off the Golden Gate Bridge, but just like a once in a generation type app or type idea, and just to go for it, uh, I just thought it was it was a great pump up speech that Sean Parker gave to Mark Zuckerberg. I, I just loved it. Um, something about that scene really gets me going. I don't know what it is, but I don't know. I guess it was maybe just the, the entire, the pump up and the setup of, uh, you know, telling Mark to just, you know, it's a billion dollar idea and he needs to just go forward and take over the world type shit and fudge stuff. Um, <laughs> that was my first curse, I think, of the day. But yeah, I, I, I love that scene. I really do. Um, it uh, it definitely doesn't set the mood for the movie, but Sean Parker is definitely right in what he's saying to Mark that it's time for you know us to take over and not let these baby boomers continue to just 
hoard stuff and, you know, gouge up the prices for housing and, and screw us over and then take away our 401ks and do all that stuff and screw us over some more. So shout out boomers. <laughs> but also let's, as Mark Zuckerberg and, and Sean Parker, let's be those people that hoard all the wealth anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I take it back. This is my least favorite scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, Robbie, you want to kick us off with Ani Menches? Sure. It's the uh the boat scene. The 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 race. I love that right. scene. I love the score in it. Yep. Um I, I don't even know the name of that that song. Uh but I just love the way they sped it up and the ending scene, the ending of the race and how they kind of put their own little spin onto that song. I loved it. Um fantastic scene. One of my favorite scenes. And then coincides with them finding out that Facebook is now international, Mr. Worldwide, shout out Pitbull. <laughs> so <laughs> then they just decide to, hey, listen, we're gonna um we're gonna sue. Even though I couldn't stand the let's gut the little punk and then even Winklevi's, you know, fist pump reaction. I wanted to boot him into the Thames. Oh, so yeah. that was it. Yeah, that was corny. But yeah, it's a great scene. I love that scene. I'll jump off that and just say any scene where they're finding out like <laughs> yeah, how big it's because that they're getting screwed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, from the time that they real, you know, uh, Divya realizes that the idea has been stolen to them expanding into Stanford and everything. Um, just their reactions were great. I like the, um, the scene, even though it's, could just complete debauchery but like the this mashup of the scenes between the party at the final club and doing the face smash i like that the way they did that a lot that was cool yeah um what else what was i gonna say oh the ending love yeah. the ending uh with the beatles song playing in the background um him refreshing a screen like she's just going to be on Facebook at that exact moment and accept the friend request. Chill out. But right, chill out. On the other hand, I've definitely done that. <laughs> what, send a friend request and oh. just wait for them to yeah. accept? Yeah, just hit refresh. Yeah. Refresh. Refresh. F5. 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 I probably still do that too, so another hypocrite move. Facebook me. <laughs> Ugh. Any other Ani matches? Uh, yeah. When um, Sean Parker gets busted with the cocaine on his hand. Thank God, Timberlake, <laughs> take a fucking uh, take a fudge and hike. I'm done with you, bro. I hate your guts. Please, it's not mine. I, I wish Timberlake that like he went to jail for ten years because of that. <laughs> I feel like he's back on his like. I want to be relevant again, tour after everything that Britney said about me. Yeah, but he's also like taking pot shots and like being a jerk about the whole situation. Yeah. Get out of here. Didn't he cheat on Jessica Biel? Who knows? I'm probably. sure. Allegedly. Allegedly. He's a bozo. Him and, him and Wetchum McCall starting to really chat me up. It's, it's getting into rock territory with him and Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Jimmy Fallon's the worst. I'm sorry. He really is. He stinks, really. He stinks. I can't stand him. 
But if you listen, if he's listening, come on, please <laughs> talk to us about uh, what was it? What the hell movie was he in the first one we watched? Oh, uh, Almost Famous. Yeah, come talk to us about Almost right. Famous. Oh, well, he was your least favorite character, right? Yeah, let him juice out. <laughs> Breaking scenes, every, ruining every scene and sad at lives, uh, always breaking character. Come on a plane. Whoa, we're going to go down. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, should we move on? Let's do it. All right. Um, is there anything that you can think of to make this movie better? I think we all probably agree on one thing. I mean, in my completely unqualified opinion, you know, I just wish it wasn't like everybody wasn't in Othello or Romeo and Juliet and everything was the most serious <laughs> thing in the world that ever happened. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that's when just you said opinion. Othello, I thought you were talking about the, the game. <laughs> uh, yeah. A minute to play time to master. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody know how to play that game? You do? <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna have to do a live stream on youtube about you teaching us how to play othello all right <laughs> what, what is that it's a game with with tiles with black and white tiles and it's, it's like, like you have to gammon jace yeah you have to like <laughs> uh capture the tiles like it's it's a strategy game anyway next week cool spin-off podcast othello yeah, nerd games. Um, I I mean, Robbie, I'm sure you would agree with with this statement. Is that recasting Tim Blake? Yeah, recasting Tim Blake and then making this movie two hours longer. <laughs> yeah. That's it for me. <laughs> yeah, Tim Blake needs mean, to go. There's there's so many. Give me like Paul Dano. Give me somebody. Oh, that's a good choice. This is yeah. a perfect. Uh, movie for my what happens next podcast because a lot of stuff happened next. That's true. <laughs> oh yeah, and you're not gonna be making it up either. It's gonna be true. No, exactly. The first scene of the movie is gonna be uh, Trump coming down the escalator. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I do have a way to make this movie better. And that's by working overtime and casting Matt Damon in a uh, existing role or a made up role, because for some reason we cast Matt Damon in every film we watch. Um, Robbie, again, your choice. Do you want to go first or whenever? Sure. Give me a young, middle-aged, lean, mean, money-making machine, printing money. Smart as a whip. I'm going to recast Matt Damon as Will Hunting, the oh. venture capitalist. So you know in a good Will Hunting, Will goes out west to see about a girl. He visits Skylar. I think Skylar White got into Stanford, correct? Yep. So yep. Will being just amazingly smart, man. You don't know what happens, you know, in the in the future years. You just see him replacing... That scumbag, Peter Thiel, get him out of there. We don't want him in the movie. So Matt Damon replaces Peter Thiel as Will Hunting 
from Will Hunting's venture capitalist fund. And he invests in Facebook because he's smart, extremely smart, wicked smart, some might say. And <laughs> he smart. owns owns about 7% of Facebook and he's a he's a multimillionaire now. He flies out, you know, Ben and Casey Affleck. Uh, he flies out, what's his name? I forgot his name. The guy from Yellowstone now, cowboy man. Kevin Costner? Yeah, whatever. No, he's in, he was in <laughs> he was in uh Days and the Confused as well, redheaded dude. Yeah. I got his name. I forgot his name. Anyway, fly him out. Fly out um, you know, Robin Williams, rest in peace. And it's just a one big venture capitalist fund, bunch of Boston action having, you know, multi billionaires investing in in startup companies. So yeah, give me Matt Damon as reprising his role as Will Hunting, kicking out that piece of poop, Peter Thiel, and he is Will Hunting, manager of Will Hunting's hedge fund, venture capitalist firm. Mm. Cole Hauser is his name. That's his name, Cole Hauser. I love Cole Hauser. <clears throat> Benny, please. Give me a early 30s. White t-shirt wearing, looking over his shoulder. Damn it. <laughs> Matt Damon as Tom from MySpace, who we constantly check in on. And as all this face stuff, Facebook stuff is is booming and he sees his market share or site traffic going down. He's okay with it. He's Tom. He's everybody's friend. He's but he's slowly plotting to sell his little company and ride off into the sunset to be never heard from again and just stays a good thought in everybody's mind. And who else better to play that role, but a fantastically handsome Matt Damon as Tom from MySpace. Did I steal yours? I love MySpace. Yeah. I was eating dinner earlier and I was like, <gasps> like it just popped in my head. <laughs> Tom from my maybe face. that's who I'm gonna maybe cast we, at the Amos. Maybe we mind melded. Maybe. <laughs> um all right, I'm gonna go ahead and cast a young, uh early twenties, um, emotional Matt Damon as um the creator of Dead Journal in oh. response to <laughs> the live journal that um that Mark is writing. And then we'll see the next scene will be Benny writing his dead <laughs> journal complaining about something. Why doesn't she love me? <laughs> uh, Just vaguely talking about girls. You're right. So, yeah. so they don't know it's them, but if they know they can tell that it's them. Yeah. Alluding and yeah. That. And I'll, and I'll win their hearts that way. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder, do you think in the history of romantic conquest that anyone ever won over a, a girl or a boy uh, doing that? <laughs> like just being emotional and like sort of alluding to them on some website somewhere? Uh, well, I could tell you I'm over about 150. So yeah. I don't think it ever worked. <laughs> My aim away messages never seem to close the deal. Oh, the best. I used to allude to, to people all the time in those <laughs> things. Oh, my God. 
song lyrics out the butt all oh, over the God. place. Your lipstick is collar. Don't bother, Angel. I know exactly <laughs> what goes on. <laughs> is that what you call tact? You're subtle <laughs> yep. as a brick in the small of my back. <laughs> I'm more than sure that I left that as an away message at least once. Oh, that was a go-to. Ah, obviously. Um. All right. Anything else about the social network? Glad to watch it again. Yeah, it was a fantastic pick, Robbie. Thank you. I love that movie. Love it. Take it to my grave. If I, yeah, listen, real quick. If I die, bury me with the DVD. <laughs> I'll that, get you. That's uh, a deal. I'll even get the Blu-ray. I was going to say, I'll get you first. a script and just rest it on top of your chest. Yeah. <laughs> Put your hands that might be That actually might, re <laughs> that might revive me. <laughs> Maybe. That might bring me back to life. <laughs> and then put the the script for the fifth element in there so it can kill me forever. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you give it like a 7.7? <laughs> yeah, but that's like an F minus for me. <laughs> that's true. That's true. They uh, beat the Big Lebowski and Fargo, so 7.9 I gave it. But I was young, dumb, and not that full of Gum. 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 <laughs> Gook. Plum. Splooge. Splooge. <laughs> Um, so Ryan yes are you ready to make a reveal or no I had before you said something earlier there was another film that was in a strong position that I was gonna do but you convinced me Benny we oh. are gonna watch my cousin Vinny oh good one nice, <laughs> nice. good one I like it I like it. I haven't. I don't think I've seen that one all the way through from beginning to end. What? I've seen probably every scene of the movie. You know, being on TV right. and just straight through. Yeah, I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it tip to toe, as the kids say. I thought that that was a requirement for an Italian such as yourself. Listen, take it <laughs> easy. Take it easy. You're lucky I don't have my gold chain on right now. <laughs> He hasn't even I love when you wear that so, chain. I mean, how so Italian good. is he? <laughs> Sorry, Robbie. He hasn't even watched Sopranos. Please re revoke his. Uh, Ryan, you're more Italian than him. FBI so I, here, pal. I was in the Italian American camp of. Nah, this is a, this is a disgrace that they're doing this. I don't like this. They're this making it. us all look. They're making us all look like we're gabagool eaters, and I don't like it. <laughs> so, but I do want to watch it. Yeah, but every. I mean, every time he sent us a picture, it's it's a you eating gabagool and a, and a mortadella sandwich. So. I know. I took it personally. That's why. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in a, a guinea tea with the, my chain on and eating eating gabagool. You need a pinky ring Thanks. and one of those bracelets. Oh, please. With um, the gabagool. As I get older, the more hair I get on my body, I'm just going to augment it with more gold more jewelry. jewelry. <laughs> yeah. I want to get so fat like Tony Soprano where I just, the bowl of ice cream sits perfectly on my belly. I don't got to do anything. I just use a spoon to eat it and it just oh. stays there. The dream. Dream. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, next week, My Cousin Vinny. Uh, that's my pick. 
Love it. I'm, I'm ready us. for it. Yeah. It was again, there was a I was I was stressing. I was stressing because I had a number of, I start I watched like 10, 15 minutes of like eight different films in the beginning because I was like, I want them to like it. <laughs> <laughs> what was the um what was the top three? Um so uh, Michael and Vinny Hot Fuzz was this was the strong, really strong contender. Um, what else was there? Uh, but, but, uh, I don't remember now, but I definitely watched a bunch of, oh, Scott Pilgrim was up there. Then I was thinking about like, gosh, should I do like maybe more of a classic, like a Mel Brooks movie? Um, that was, uh, you know, like Blazing Saddles, High Anxiety, something like that. Um, Airplane. Made we talked about it major oh, league, yeah. you know, like a funny like sports comedy, and then I was like some weird sh- stuff. Um, but yeah, let's go with something that everyone likes. My cousin Vinny, love it. Face of death. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Secretariat winning the triple crown. Ah, oh, please, you would have got me in tears. <laughs> First person to cry on his podcast. Fast. <laughs> um. No, I, when we did the plummies, I cried. <laughs> that was a day. <laughs> Not real tears, cry. but I cr- I cried about something. <laughs> yeah, the internet has gone crazy ever since that film. I mean, the the, uh, the the feedback I've gotten from people, please forget about it, please. Um, all right. Well, again, thanks for you know listening all this way we really appreciate it uh send us some emails uh again thank you to phil for sending us an email about last week but let us know your thoughts on social network or i told you we're doing my cousin Vinny. get us some emails in about that um i don't know we love you anything else tell him good night robbie good night winkle vi if you were the event as a facebook he would have invented Facebook. Mm. Hey, Robbie, what's cooler than one million dollars? Two million? One billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I should have picked Austin Powers. Oh, uh, please. <laughs>